welcome into another edition of the Guys Girl Show. My name is Blythe Bremleve, and I am here with you every Monday night and every Friday morning. I also do some behind-the-scenes stuff here for um, a local radio station here in town uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. For 1010XL, we have um, two shows a week that I currently do for them. So I do a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff on both Periscope and on BidChat. Um, every Monday night, I like to go ahead and recap the big sports weekend, and I don't know that we've had a bigger sports weekend than just this past week. How incredible was watching four days worth of great football ever since Thanksgiving. Essentially, how I spent my weekend was I ate, watched football, took a nap, rinse and repeat so it was pretty pretty much in a, a, a perfect weekend saw a lot of family saw a lot of friends um and i'm sure you guys did too i hope you guys had a great thanksgiving so we're just gonna jump right in essentially to, to what is one of the bigger sports weekends of the year and that is thanksgiving weekend and i want to jump into it because this story that came out over the weekend, it said sports viewership is down significantly among millennials. And now if you, you don't know, I, I mean, I'm sure you hear the phrase a lot, millennials with, you know, the, the, the coveted age range of 18 to 24. Um, so we're going to dive into a little bit of that for tonight's show. We're going to also dive into the Jaguars losing again. Uh, hello, everybody that's joining us on Periscope. And so we're going to jump into the Jaguars losing again. And if the official, if the, if the loser mentality has officially set in for this team, this team is, is two and nine on the season. Um, it hasn't been going very well. Yesterday's game uh, was, uh, I mean, whatever it's, it's, it was just another one of those losses where I'm sort of just emotionally checked out at this point in the season. Um, so it's just, it's, it's one of those things that it is what it is at this point. It's more about talent evaluation and it's been that way. The season's been over since October. So we're going to dive into a little bit of that. And then, um, for the rest of the, I like to call it what the sports six pack. So I'd like to say, um, essentially the six biggest stories in sports that you need to know from the weekend. So those are the first two. We're also going to dive into, um, some of the college football action, um, and then we're going to dive into a little bit of Cyber Monday, not necessarily about any kind of deals or anything, but where you can find some cool stuff um, that's not going to break the bank and that you don't have to worry about buying this very second, uh, just in case you're looking for um, any kind of late holiday gifts. Um, and then we're also going to dive into um, a little bit of Mariah Carey and some other stuff. So um, that's just sort of the, the lay of the land for tonight's show. But... Getting back to the sports viewership is down among millennials. I, I saw this story on Reddit over the weekend, and it was a poll that asked different age groups what they're interested in as far as TV consumption is concerned. And a lot of 18 to 24 year olds significantly said that they watch less sports and less news than any other demographic. And their programming of choice was comedy, sci-fis, um, and action flicks, so or action shows. And so I do want to keep in mind that this is strictly for TV customers. So, t so people who have, you know, cable and satellite, um, cable and satellite packages that are watching significantly less sports than any other demographic. And I, I, I was going through the comments about people uh, sort of throwing out their theories of why they think that the sports viewership is down. And I think it's a, it's a multitude of things. But one of the biggest reasons, I think, is greed. And we saw this, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but earlier today the NFL said that they were going to uh, think about 
getting rid of Thursday night football, which has been a huge gripe among a lot of NFL players. And so I, I, I think that that's one of the reasons that sports viewership is could be, I think it's a multitude of reasons, but I think that that's one of the reasons that it could be down significantly as far as consumption is concerned is because a lot of sports is spread out over a, a wide margin. So with, with the NFL, we used to just have Sunday night games or we just used to have Sunday games and then we would have Monday night would be the premier game of the week. And so now whenever you get into a little bit of December, you start seeing Saturday NFL games. Now we have Thursday night football, which is significantly just besides this upcoming weekend where we're going to see a really good matchup. I think it's um the Cowboys and yeah, the Cowboys and Vikings that are going to be playing this week. Um, but I think it's more of the reason you're seeing viewership down is uh, one commenter put uh, put out that the people are streaming more options. And that's a good point because streaming was not included in this study. So streaming's down. And then you also have um, a situation where there's oversaturation of the, the, the sports market. And, and I think that whenever you, you, you take a look at the, the big scheme of things, like there's so many NFL games, or there's so many NHL games, there's so many NBA games. Most of the time, people don't start paying attention to those sports until after football season is over. And so when you have all of those sports going on, and, and I'm not even going to mention the 162 games in, in a standard baseball season, but then you, you have the oversaturation of the, the football game or, or of football in general. So this past weekend, we saw college football on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And and normally, I, I'm not going to complain about you know Thursday weekend or Thanksgiving weekend football because those games are significantly better than any other point in the year that we're going to see. But I think the NFL sort of overplayed their hand. And whenever people are talking about watching live sports, the NFL is really the the the, the bread and butter when it comes to watching live programming as far as sports is concerned. And we've seen, you know, double-digit drops in their ratings for the majority of this football season. They've ticked up a little bit over the past couple weeks with the election being done. But since Trump was elected, and he seems to be a TV magnet, whether good or bad, um, he's still going to be taking a lot of those ratings away, I would think, unless people are just tuning it out. Because with this study, 18 to 24-year-olds, they're not watching live sports, or they're, it's not their first choice as far as programming is concerned to watch live sports and to watch news. I mean, if you think about the how news is dominated as of late, there's it's you know if it bleeds, it leads, and if you're a, a lot of different, um, I guess, negative stories, they they tend to get more attention, but they also tend to turn a lot of people off. And so I think if people are going to sit down and watch programming of of if they're going to sit down and they're going to watch something on TV, then it's not going to be news. It's going to be something that's going to be entertaining, something that's going to take away from the the negativeness of everyday life. And so I, I've been sort of covering this for, for a few years now. I actually wrote a few years ago on how corporate America was ruining sports. And, and, I, theor- and I, I, I blamed it mostly on the rising trend of these stadiums that are being bought and paid for essentially with taxpayer money. And then you have a situation like um, I'll use Yankee stadium, for example, and they have these luxury seatings, a luxury seating behind home plate. 
And usually home plate is like the most coveted seats in baseball. And it, you want your most diehard fans to be in that area. And so whenever you, you look behind Yankee Stadium and you see that no one is sitting, you, you know, maybe a, a dozen people are sitting behind home plate when the rest of the stadium is completely filled, that's a problem. That it, it Not only perception-wise to the TV viewer at home, but it's also a, just a big problem for, for sponsorships that they're trying to, to, to get. And that's really what all it, it boils down to is that the, these teams and these leagues, they want more sponsorship money, but because they're oversaturating the market with Thursday night football and these luxury seatings behind home plate that cost $10,000 a pop, People can't you're you're essentially isolating out the casual fan. And, and that's where I think a lot of, of regular fans are sort of turned off by that. And I think that they're turned off by not feeling like they belong in certain areas of a stadium. And then you're also it also gets back to cutting the cord, too, because a lot of people are, including myself, are getting rid of traditional cable packages and satellite packages. I, I talked about this on a, a previous show, how I ditched um, DirecTV after they wouldn't price match me from the price that I had I had been paying for um, for about a year of my contract. And so whenever they didn't want to keep the same price, I said, well, is there anything that you can do to get the price down? Because I'm not paying $200 a month to watch the NFL Network and ESPN. It's just not worth it when I can go online and I can get it for free or significantly less. So I think that that also plays into a big role because sports – a lot of these sports leagues, while they've been building these fancy stadiums and trying to covet that advertising dollar, what they're forgetting about is the casual viewership and the casual fan that, and the diehard fans as well, is is that they're sort of keeping them out of it and making them uninterested to the point where they're not going to watch, unless it's a, a key game, a pivotal game, um, a, a key matchup, people aren't going to sit down in front of traditional television and watch it. Not to mention that a lot of these sports programming, they require a cable package in order to be able to watch it. Back in the day, you used to be able to turn on the TV on Sunday morning and be able to catch an NBA game. You can't do that anymore. And with a lot of baseball fans, you, you wonder why there's so many Cubs fans across the nation. It's because WGN is one of the few channels that doesn't require a cable subscription. And so they broadcast all of the Cubs games. And so that's why you see so many Cubs fans, not to mention they were yeah, they were the lovable losers for forever. Um, but that's th- those are little ways that that sports used to capture the the fan audience, but now it's just over the past, I would say, 10 years or so, it's all about diversifying and oversaturating the market. And I, I think that this is starting to come back and bite the, the, the NFL in particular and the rest of these sports leagues in the butt a little bit because they haven't adapted. You've seen sort of... A, we sort of live in a highlight culture now where people don't have the attention spans to watch a full broadcast anymore. I, I, I said in an earlier show that until the postseason, I had not watched a full game of baseball from the first inning to the ninth inning. And this was the first time in my life that I had not watched a full baseball game during the regular season all year long. It wasn't until the postseason that I started watching full length baseball games. And I think that, 
that gets back to that key demographic, that 18 to 24 millennial demographic where they have so many things going on and they want to choose to spend their money in a variety of different ways and spending $200 a month on a cable package might not be high on their list. So with the NFL and and all these other sports leagues, if they want to grow their audience, they maybe need to think about making some of this stuff more must-see television, especially with their Thursday night matchups, which they've admitted needed some kind of tweaking because right now the, the the Thursday night matchups uh, you have to have every single team has to play on Thursday night football and most of the teams in the NFL are not good I, I don't know why we have to subject you know the majority of the country to another Jaguars Titans game when it's completely embarrassing number one when the Jaguars play to begin with but number two like nobody outside of those two markets that doesn't have a very large national appeal So I think the NFL has sort of gotten themselves in a little bit of trouble with sort of oversaturation and the highlight culture that we live in. So it's kind of like a perfect storm of bad events and not necessarily bad events because it's it's better for the consumer to not have to pay 200 bucks a month on on a cable package when they can go online and they can get a live stream or they can do like what I did and, and purchase uh, PlayStation View and I I purchase PlayStation View and I pay 30 I think it's 34 bucks a month and I get ESPN channels I get all of the ESPN channels I get NFL channels uh, TNT all that good stuff and they have a variety of different packages that you can go you can go check it out I'll put a link to to it in um in the blog post recap after the show is over but I think that that's just a, it's almost like a perfect storm of a situation where we've seen these sports leagues be so greedy and to try to phase out the casual fan in exchange for the advertising dollar. But what they're doing is that they're pushing a lot of these fans away because they don't want to pay the extreme amount of money. They don't want to spend an entire day at a stadium. When I go to a Jaguars game, if it's a one o'clock game, I'm down at the stadium and I'm working by seven thirty in the morning and I'm not getting home because I get off of work about 10, and so then I go and tailgate for a 1 o'clock game. I go and tailgate at about 10 a.m., and then the game's from 1 to 4, and then you can't leave right after the game is over because traffic is so bad. So you stay and you hang out for a little bit, and I, there are times when I don't get home until 7 p.m. that night, and a lot of people don't have the desire or the want to dedicate their their entire Sunday of a busy fall to, to go and watch it, it, pretty much a shitty team if your team is playing well i'm sure you don't mind going and doing that or even watching from the house but i think that if sports if all of the leagues need to pay attention to some of these numbers and start making their 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 packages and their games more viewable or more accessible i should say to a variety of different uh, live streaming options and on-demand options um, that, that I think that that's that's the they've sort of missed the ball on that. Um, th- it wasn't until this season that the NFL started live streaming their Thursday night games, which kind of sucks because no one really wants to watch the Thursday night games. But they started live streaming them on Twitter, which it's it's a great watch. I've I've loved those live streams so far this year. Essentially, they're they're hiccup free. But I think if these sports leagues they they've missed the ball on adapting to what their viewers want. And this key demographic, 18 to 24-year-olds, significantly watching less sports and news. And so if they want to keep up with the times, all of these sports leagues are going to have to, to, to sort of change how they monetize their live sports because 
attending the games is becoming more and more based off of corporate America. It's not necessarily the casual fan anymore. And then if you want to be watching from home, you have to accommodate those viewers that are increasingly cutting the cord every single month. Last month, ESPN lost something like... A, 26,000 subscribers just last month alone. And I think that number is actually a lot more. So I'm gonna have to go back and, and, and do a little research on that. But it's it's significant if that number keeps going, because ESPN will actually, I think it's by year 2021 that ESPN will be paying more money for sports broadcasting rights than they will be making in return off of that revenue uh, based off of cable subscribers. So it, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I don't think the 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 sports in general are in danger of, of going bankrupt because sports is such a general it's such a general term. But the major leagues have to be able to adapt with the demographics, adapt with the times in order to be able to uh, survive. Um, so hopefully, a lot of these leagues take notice. Hopefully, you know the the rumors that. Roger Goodell is reconsidering getting rid of Thursday Night Football. Those reports came out today. They've since denied them, but they're going to deny them at first. They're going to deny, deny, deny until they get something else in place for because of their advertisers that have probably already committed to a couple years of Thursday Night Advertising because it probably is a deal because no one is watching. Um, So let's go into uh, the next story. And that's the Jaguars. Um, I, I, I've said previously on this show that I have essentially checked out of this season. I know it's my job to, to cover this team. My job is to pay attention to this team. But when I say I check, I have checked out, that means that losses no longer emotionally affect me. It's just that that's just the, the, the way it is. We had uh, our most pivotal game, I would argue, was the, the game at home about a month and a half ago against the Oakland Raiders, and the team played like crap. You know, the, the turnover central, it's, it, Blake Bortles leads the league in interceptions, I believe, with 13 already on the season. Um, he didn't have any turnovers in yesterday's game, which was actually a, a, quite a shock. He actually played pretty decent in, in, in yesterday's game. But I wanted to to bring it back to this tweet that I saw from uh, he's a Florida Times writer or Florida Florida Times Union beat writer, and he covers the Jaguars. His name is Hayes Carline, and he sent out this tweet. And he was with the team as as they finished up their game. But he said that this is his his tweet. This was the least dejected Jaguars locker room I've been in. I've covered all 45 losses under Gus Bradley. Now, if you, if I need to read that tweet again, it essentially is saying that the guys have essentially checked out of the season. That That's what I sort of read into this and in that... They didn't care that they lost yesterday's game. They they played pretty decent. They had a strong running game. Chris Ivory w- was running the ball very, very well against that, that Buffalo defense. And it it looked like a game that the Jaguars might actually win. But then the second half happened. And then Gus Bradley, you have to remember that he's our head coach. And he makes terrible coaching decisions throughout the entire game, such as not calling a timeout when a delay of game is about to happen. And then still choosing to go for it when it's fourth and nine. So you have to deal with the worst head coach of in NFL history. And that's a fact. Um, but then you also are looking around and you... Losing the good players that they have drafted, that we had a commenter that did say that. Yeah, I, I, I do think that they have lost. I, I don't want to say they've lost the locker room because I feel like the guys are still going to go out there and they're still going to play. Um, how hard they're going to play, 
probably not that hard because I want to bring up these comments that um, I wrote about this uh, uh, earlier in the season when Jalen Ramsey and Malik Jackson, both newcomers to the Jaguars this season, Malik Jackson was brought here during um, a free agent signing from the Denver Broncos. You might remember he was um, the the lineman that recovered uh, Cam Newton's, Von Miller stripped Cam Newton of the football in the opening, I think it was the opening drive or it was the opening touchdown anyways. Um, But Malik Jackson covered up the football and ended up scoring a touchdown in the end zone. So he got a touchdown in the Super Bowl and then signed a huge $90 million contract with the Jaguars back in March, I believe. Um, but then Jalen Ramsey, we got him, the Jaguars got him in the draft, fifth, fourth, fourth pick overall, I believe, fourth or fifth pick overall in the draft. He basically fell in our laps when the, the Cowboys took Ezekiel Elliott over Jalen Ramsey, which looks like a good decision on their part. And actually, Jalen Ramsey coming to us is, is, a, is a great part because he's been uh, one of the few shining spots on this team since then. Um, but they got ejected earlier in the year against the Raiders. I think it was that Raiders game. And they were the only two players that got ejected. And I wrote back then that... I thought that that was a good thing because it showed that these two guys came from winning programs, Jalen Ramsey coming from FSU and Malik Jackson coming from the Denver Broncos, that they came from winning organizations and that they hadn't experienced losing and especially a losing culture for for uh, I don't think they've experienced it at all in, in their career whatsoever. I know Jalen Ramsey has lost like what four games in his entire college uh, in his entire college career. And I'm thinking now, and he's more than doubled that in the NFL so far this year. We saw him get a little emotional on the sidelines last week. He seemed to to mutter the words, I'm just sick of losing. And I think that after an emotional season or emotional halfway point of the season, not even a full season, that the fact that Hayes Carline is sending out a tweet that says this was the least ejected Jaguars locker room I've been in, and he's covered all 45 losses of Gus Bradley's tenure. Gus Bradley only has 14 wins in his tenure and 45 losses in four years. That's a lot of fours, but it's also a lot of losses. Um, So the fact that they uh, weren't sad about the loss, I think has has spoke volumes because I want to bring back to in this article that I wrote earlier in the year that complacency is the forerunner of me- mediocrity, and if the actions of Jackson and Ramsey upset a lot of fans, I wanted to direct them to this quote from a former NFL offensive lineman, Damian Woody. He was on Rosillo and Canal, which is a great podcast. If you've never been able to listen to it, you definitely should because it's well worth a listen. Um, but Damian Woody, he was a former NFL offensive lineman, and Danny Canal was asking him how, what's the worst team he's ever been on? Um, because he said he played for a lot of bad teams and he just knew that when guys would get back on the plane, that they would just be thinking about where's their check and it it gets to the point of the season that it's football is very much like work and it's less and it's less fun um so that's when Damian Woody chimed in when he was talking about when he was with the Lions and I'm going to read his quote directly and he says when I was with the Lions and I hear a lot of fans like dude you stunk it up with the Lions and 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 Damian Woody admitted it he said I'll be the first one to tell you that I did why because I got lax because I got paid, because I hit free agency. My first year, I played very well. 
After that, it just felt like I was brought in, like you're going to be the guy that's going to get this thing turned around. But when you're one guy going up against 50, 60 years of losing a losing culture, it takes more than one person to get that thing turned around. And it was a case of all that losing. It just wears on you. It wears on you professionally. It wears on you personally. And it just gets to a point where it's like, man, I don't even care. And I think that last line, that's where we're at. Jaguar season, that's where we're at. The players, I don't want to go out on a limb and say that the players don't care because clearly you saw on the sidelines last week with Jalen Ramsey crying and getting emotional that he does care. And Malik Jackson and Jalen Ramsey getting ejected earlier in the season because they do care. But it got, it's gotten to the point, and I, I don't necessarily blame them. I said this on the Jaguars kickoff show on Sunday before the game that while it's already at the point in the season where it's about talent evaluation, you can't properly evaluate this talent if they've mentally already checked out of the season. Yes, they're going to show up. Yes, they're going to try to give their all. But in a league where you're just a uniform, you're just a body, they don't care about you. They will cut you tomorrow if they can find somebody that's better than you and that's cheaper than you. You have to, as a player, protect your financial security. And you do that by protecting your body. And you don't get hurt. And you don't play as hard as if you would if the if there were real ramifications on the line. At two and nine, the season has been over. The season's been over for a couple months now. And these guys are not going to go out there and they're not gonna be diving to catch these Blake Bortles overthrown balls. They're not going to be making an extra cut because they might, you know, tear an ACL or something. That if they get a little dinged up, you're probably going to see them leave a game much quicker as if this team was nine and two. And, and I don't blame the players for, for having that kind of mentality because if they are dejected or the least dejected in the locker room, as Hayes Carline said, then this is what we're going to experience for the rest of the year. And I don't think that you can do a proper talent evaluation on this team, on the playing of these, of these guys for the rest of the season because you won't know until you get a new regime in here. And now I just wonder, because there, there's a guy... Um, I don't know his last name, but his name is Hank on Twitter. And he talks about how, and I've heard him talking about on his podcast, Keep Chopping Wood, that this could be potentially damaging, that keeping Gus Gus Bradley around, who's the worst NFL coach of all time, keeping him around for this point in the season could be putting long-term damage on these guys. I hope that's not the case, um, but I guess, you know, time is time will tell. And I think we're 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 just at the point in the season where these guys just don't care anymore, and they're just going to be uh, it's it's just gonna it, it's just gonna be a a go with the flow type of the rest of the season. And, and I don't even know that you can do a proper talent evaluation. And a commenter asked, "Is Bortles done with the Jaguars?" I don't think he's done. I think he gets another year with this team. Um, but I do think it will be a make-or-break year. Next year, it will be his fourth season with the team, and the Jaguars have the option to pick up the fifth year. At this point, they probably won't be picking that up. Um, they'll probably make him earn it, and that concerns me a little bit because if you have to have a fire that's lit under you to, in order to, to play decent quarterback in the NFL, um, I, don't, I don't want you as my guy. I want, And to me, the, my biggest gripe with Blake is that 
football doesn't seem like the most important thing. He doesn't seem like he's obsessed with football. You, you see a lot of these guys. At, uh, Carson Wentz is a great example. I talked about him um, as sort of the, the personality that you want to find in a quarterback. You, you want somebody that's humble. You want somebody that's hungry. And you want somebody that's quiet and that essentially just stays at home. You want somebody completely boring as far as your quarterback is concerned. And and Blake is a, a social guy. He he's he's an uh, he's a he has a great personality, and I think that's why so many fans flock to him. Um, but I he doesn't he see he has a lot of interests outside of football, which is fabulous, which is great. I, I commend anybody who has you know a ton of hobbies. But if you're quarterback in the NFL, you probably need to be completely obsessed with football, and it needs you need to eat and and breathe it and sleep it. And and he doesn't do that, and he clearly didn't do it because he didn't work on his mechanics in the off season. He worked on them significantly less, and it's proving so. And the results are, are are proving on the field. So I think next year is going to definitely be a make it or break it for him. As far as Nathaniel Hackett, we had a question on on Nathaniel Hackett. I think he's been okay. Um, it, it's about what you expect as far as whenever somebody is promoted internally within, you know, a midseason co- coaching change. You see that little jolt of of energy from the guys, and I think we've seen that already. And now that injuries are starting to take place, we, we had a couple offensive linemen go down um, last week, and and now I, I definitely think it, it. Well, with Nathaniel Hackett, he'll be gone w- with the rest of the regime at the end of the season. Um, I don't know why they're waiting so long until the end of the season in order to get rid of this staff. Um, I think that you, if you, you gut, you don't gut the staff now, but I think if you get rid of Gus Bradley, promote Doug Marone as the interim head coach, and then go out and find your guys in the offseason, I think that that would spark enough with this team to maybe play a little bit. But at this point, what's the, what's the use? Because it, like I said earlier in the show, if these guys have sort of checked out, like what this, this tweet said that it was the least dejected locker room that he's ever seen in four 45 losses under Gus Bradley. This is not a situation where it, it, it Gus has essentially lost the locker room. People like Gus. He's a great guy, whatever. Um, but he's essentially the participation trophy head coach of the NFL. And it doesn't matter if you have 12 interceptions in a game. He's going to tell you that you can. everything's going to be okay as long as you just get better and trust the process, which is a bunch of bullshit. Um, but outside of that, I think it's – I hope – personally, that it's a complete regime change in the offseason. I think Dave Caldwell has, has just as much blood on his hands as Gus Bradley does. He made the two biggest hires as far as this is concerned, as far as this franchise is concerned, and the head coach and the quarterback, and both of those are bombing terribly. His free agent signings haven't been very well haven't been very well received outside of Malik Jackson, of course. Um, his draft picks outside of Jalen Ramsey and and Telvin Smith Yannick and Gakwe, those are really the only players that that stand out as far as draft picks are concerned, and that's in four years. So if you don't have, if you're, and, and this is also a team that's been drafting in the top five for for that long as well. So if you're going to come in and you're going to complain about your situation as far as the situation you were brought in, and then you don't do anything to improve it, and you've in fact done worse than the previous regime, historically worse, and I think you just need to clean house because no top talent coach is going to want to come in and be handcuffed to GM Dave Caldwell and Blake Bortles and and have them be his guys. You're you're essentially going to have to, we're going to have to do this all over again in two years. So I hope it's a complete regime change. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I think Dave Caldwell is going to get another coach because GMs almost always get a second head coach. Um, so, So moving on. 
If you're just tuning in, my name is Blythe Brumley. This is the Guys Girl Show. We're here every Monday night starting around 7 p.m. And we just roll until the, the, the conversation's pretty much over. Um, and then we're also here on every Friday morning. So what I like to do is I like to recap the big sports weekend. And then I also sports and entertainment weekend because we got some entertainment stories, too. Um, so then I like to also preview the weekend on Fridays as well. So that way, if you're like one of those millennials that has a short attention span, then hopefully Tuesday through Thursday, you can get all your work done. And then Monday nights and Friday mornings, you're right here um, hanging out with us and, and talking about sports and talking about cool entertainment stories. Um, the next story that I want to get into with this Monday morning six pack is, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there, did you see that the Ravens intentionally committed a huge, their, their entire team held, held, held the other team in order to, to beat off the Bengals. So, so or that's a terrible phrasing right there. I apologize. But the Ravens and Bengals are playing. The Bengals might have had a chance to win at the end of this game, but in order to pull off the the W and to keep the Bengals from getting the ball back, what the Ravens did is they held, their offensive line held, literally held everyone. And then if you look, I think it was Joe Flacco that stepped back in in the end zone and he eventually took the safety as time ran out. And so it prevented, even though the Bengals got two points off of it, it prevented them from coming back and getting the ball again and potentially scoring. So I thought that I, I thought that that was a brilliant coaching move. And, and, and I, I saw that one commenter was talking about how this is actually the, the NFL rule book, how it's expanded so much and so drastically in, in, in the past, you know, handful of years that this has come back to, to bite the league because teams can do this. Because while the defense can't end a game on a holding penalty. The offense can. And so they use this rule to their advantage in order to secure the win against the Bengals. So while I don't, I, this is definitely a rule that's going to be adjusted. It could be something that's adjusted midseason because the NFL has proven that they'll do that in the past. But it's definitely something that's going to be addressed by the, the, the rules and competition committee after the season is over. But I thought it was absolutely brilliant. So kudos to the Ravens for, for securing a win and finding good ways or... um smart, intuitive ways to, to beat a team instead of avoiding, you know, calling a, a timeout to avoid a delay of game like our, our prized possession of a head coach. Um, and then also, I thought that there was this was great, too, on, on, on Baltimore's half. Um, their, their kicker, Justin Tucker, he converted all four of his field goal attempts in the Ravens' 19-14 to win over Cincinnati. Tucker connected on field goals at 57, 54, and 52 in the first half. And so for all the flack that kickers have gotten, we talked about it on last week's show that they had missed 12 extra points and it could be like a mentality thing where, you know, you, you get up to, to kick an extra point ever since the NFL rule change and it's, it's not a, it's not a surefire kick anymore. It's, and now they, they sort of kickers get a little bit rattled whenever they step, whenever they step up. So they're missing a lot of field goals in it because they don't have that mental practice of an extra point. So kudos to Justin Tucker. If he's hitting a 57, a 54 and a 52 yarder in the first half. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that are clamoring for a, a fantasy football playoff spot right now. And that's um five, 10, that's 15 points right there in the first half from your kicker. And that's more than a lot of, of, NFL players have, have, 
given you this year. Um, we talked a little bit earlier in the show about the NFL reevaluating Thursday night football. Um, a couple of the key theories that have come up is because less injury concerns. A lot of players, the NFL sort of wants to bill itself that they, you know, they're safety first and that safety matters. You know, this their first priority is the safety of their players. Well, clearly not whenever you have guys that are talking about how long it takes them to physically get ready for a game. And when you have to have that quick turnaround, these guys aren't able to physically get back in the game or into a normal groove of things. And so... And yes, also a lot of just terrible games on, on, on Thursday night football. And that's because of their requirement that, or the NFL requires that every team plays on Thursday night football. And there aren't a lot of good teams. So a lot of, a lot of people just plain don't want to watch it. And why spend your Thursday night watching a shitty football matchup when you can just catch the highlights first thing in the morning and, and that's all you have to do. So that that's the NFL is going to reevaluate Thursday night football. They have come out and denied the report, but I think that that's only because um, they want to, you know, give sort of like a, an assurance to their advertisers that have probably already signed up for a couple years that all is good. Let's just, you know, rework the deal. So deny, deny, deny to the public until it's actually announced. Um, the fact that that story has even come out that 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 says to me that I, I feel uh, pretty confident that there's going to be a change made to Thursday Night Football. Um, a big change, possibly. Maybe they just do less of it or maybe it's something that... Um, it could be a situation like what we're going to see with this week where we saw the Cowboys and the Vikings. They both played on Thursday for the Thanksgiving Day matchup. And those are going to be and those two teams are going to face off this coming Thursday. So this could be a situation where we actually have the first really good Thursday night game because they've had that full week off like a normal NFL week. So that could be something that they look at instead of just getting rid of Thursday night football altogether. It could be something where they just readjusted as far as which teams are playing. Um, obviously, the big college football over the weekend, Michigan, Ohio State, FSU routing Florida. Florida now heads to to Atlanta to face off against Alabama in a meaningless championship game. Don't get me started on, on you know, conference title games because I think they're completely worthless. And I think that all the, the entire college football landscapes, you just get rid of them if you're not going to have the two best teams playing in the conference game. Um, ugh, Louisville lost to Kentucky. That was very, very upsetting. I, uh, oh, that's a, if, if you know me, you know that I'm a big Louisville fan. And you also know that I hate Kentucky with every fiber of my being. I, and my family are all big Louisville fans. I once went out on a date with a guy that was a Kentucky fan. And I ended up telling my dad about, not that, you know, I was serious about the guy, but I ended up telling my dad, I'm like, oh, I went out. Isn't this funny? I went out on a date with a Kentucky fan. And the, his first reaction, he looks me dead in the eyes. And he says, I hope it doesn't last. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> it's a little serious. So that's, that, that's, how, um, that's how serious that rivalry is in our family. But Louisville or Kentucky was 26-point underdogs in this game. And they, uh, hats off to them, I guess. They they came back. They didn't come back. They actually played very well. It was a very uh, back and forth game the entire time. Um, I don't think it ruined quarterback Louisville's quarterback Lamar Jackson. I don't think it ruined his Heisman chances just because I, I think it it put a little couple chinks in the armor. But 
there hasn't been a clear-cut second place as far as Heisman is concerned for the entire season. So if you have to go dig in and if you have to go look in as far as you know the Heisman candidates are concerned, then then Lamar already has this wrapped up. Um, so that that's still going to be good for the the Louisville as far as you know moving forward, and it'll be the first Heisman in school history. Um, and I think that it, it bodes well for next year. Um, obviously next year because that loss was so, so bad that that ruined my set. I, I thought that I wasn't capable of having emotional feelings towards football this season, but that was a punch in the gut. And I, you, you better believe I heard from every Kentucky fan after that game was over. And it's just, it's one of those things you just got to deal with. Um, and I'm sure a lot of Michigan fans are, are, are going through that this weekend as well. And especially this Monday because I was just on Reddit you know, a, a couple hours ago and there are still Michigan fans that are posting pictures of the, the, the JT Barrett um, diving, not, uh, well, kind of diving for that first down and there's all these different angles. It's like this, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pewter film, like the JFK Zapuder film. I think I'm pronouncing that ter- terribly wrong. Um, but it's you see all these pictures from Michigan fans that show and, and they're photoshopped images. So just be careful if you're seeing these images out there. But they're distorted to look like JT Barrett, uh, Ohio State's quarterback, didn't get a pivotal first down in in overtime, which essentially sealed the win for Ohio State. Michigan, I thought, outplayed Ohio State for the majority of the game. Ohio State did get a couple, you know, favorable calls, but that one, that fourth down run where they chose to go for it and there it, it was called on the field as he got a first down and there wasn't enough evidence to overturn it. But y'all, it, it, Michigan fans are still feeling the 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 I guess the the pinch of that game because they're still posting pictures and arguing about it on different internet threads and that's that's probably that's going to be a game that's going to hurt them for a little while. Um so Michigan is probably out of the college football playoff. Uh, most most likely out of it. Um, Penn State and Wisconsin are going to be playing in the Big Ten Championship. Ohio State is not. And so it brings up this whole debate on which team should get in if Penn State were to big the, win the Big Ten Championship because Penn State beat Ohio State. They both have similar records. Um, but I think Penn State has the better resume and it, it sort of gets into, into that debate. Like, are you going to pick the better team or are you going to pick the most deserving team? And that's where the crux of the, the college football world is going to be. Um, they're going to be debating, especially when those those playoff ratings or rankings are going to be released tomorrow night. I don't know that we'll see outside of Michigan changing. I think that they're just on the outside looking in as far as the playoff is concerned. But these championship games, I mean, they, unless Clemson loses, I think that we're going to Alabama is for sure in. Clemson, I think, is for sure in, unless they lose in the ACC championship th- game. Then we might see two Big Ten teams in there, but I think the the, the, the conference that gets hosed is the Big 12. Um, I do think that um, – hold on just one moment. I ordered pizza, and I have to go grab it really quick. <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry about that. I thought I could time it very well with ordering a pizza um, in, in times of when this show is over, but Pizza Hut was actually um, pretty early. So if you guys want to see, um, if you're watching on the live stream right now, this is actually, um, this is my favorite pizza of choice. And I don't know if you guys can see it very well, but hand-tossed pizza from Pizza Hut. Shout out to them because I love it. Um, but it's jalapenos, banana peppers, pineapple, pepperoni, sausage, extra cheese. So that is my go-to pizza of choice. If you're just tuning in, my name is Blythe Bramley. This is the Guys Girl Show. We do the show here every Monday night and Friday morning. I also do some behind-the-scenes stuff for um, a couple, well, not a couple, but a radio station here in town called 1010XL. So we do those shows on game days, five hours before kickoff, and then also every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. And here on on Monday night, I like to go into this, the biggest, I call it the six-pack, so the biggest, or the, the six biggest sports stories from the weekend. So, we've already covered a few of these. The big college football weekend that just got just got finished, wrapped up, and then, oh gosh, I don't want to talk about the Jaguars again, I don't. Um, but then also, um, the reason why sports viewership is down among millennials, if you are just tuning in, I'll have this podcast uploaded tonight. So if you are not subscribed, you definitely should subscribe and just search for it on iTunes or your podcast provider of choice to um, just look for Guys Girl Shows and we should be um, the first and only one that pops up. So you can listen to that on podcasts. You can also look, be on the lookout for the blog post recap that I will post tomorrow morning, and that includes the podcast file as well, so you can listen directly on guysgirl.com. So I, I try to make it as super easy as possible. Anything that I talk about in the show, I include the links to, in case you want to read more about those, those topics. So hopping back in, the last story that I wanted to talk about was sort of this nice little story from Jason Sobel. He is um, an ESPN golf writer, and he posted this picture. And, and, and I want to give a little bit of a backstory because I crucified golfer Roy McIlroy for his um, Olympics. I, I don't want to say hate, but he wasn't supportive of of golf being in this just this past Olympics. And I had a big problem with that because it wasn't it, it wasn't that he he chose not to play. It was the fact that he didn't announce that he was going to actually be watching it. He was like, I, and, and I think his, his direct quote was, is that I'm going to be watching swimming and gymnastics, the sports that matter. And that's what bothered me because you have so many people that are going over and they're playing golf because they want to grow the game and, and they want to grow it globally. They don't, uh, golf is huge in Ireland and Scotland and England and in the U.S. and a little bit in, in the Eastern countries. But other than that, like golf is not, it is not a global sport. And what better way to make your sport more global than to have the biggest stars in golf play for their respective countries. And so I just didn't, I, I didn't care for the way that he sort of just, just, uh, it was a, a backhanded insult and I didn't like it. But this guy, Jason Sobel from ESPN, he sent out this thing over the week or this picture over the weekend, and he said, "My buddy's nephew received this letter from Roy McIlroy today, and it's all kinds of awesome." And so, essentially, what happened is that at the Tour Championship, this little kid ended up getting the ball from Roy's eagle on 16. 
He got the ball as he as Rory threw it up into the crowd. The little kid got it. So Rory found out the little kid and wrote him a letter. And he said, and, I, and I'm going to read this. I'm, and this is Rory's letter to the little boy named Brady. And he says, I'm so glad that somebody young was able to get it before an adult. I hope the ball in this short letter remind you that I've always wanted young people to do well in life. It may be at school, playing sport, or even just being with your family. But doing your best is really most important. Kind regards, Rory Malhory. And I just want to sort of give him a heads up or, you know, not a heads up, but a pat on the back that even though he sort of maybe this was like a learning experience as far as the Olympics were concerned, that he he needs to, to be more aware of his presence in the world. I'm not saying be a role model, but I'm saying just be a little bit more aware of, of your comments and and how you you say them publicly. But this 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 notion or this, um, I guess, this offering, this sending a letter, this wasn't done as a, as a PR thing. This wasn't done, uh, it, it wasn't one of those charitable events that you see a lot of athletes do and that they'll take a picture like, hey, I'm at this hospital, look at me, where it's more about them than the actual cause that they're trying to, to bring, I guess, awareness to or, or, or shine a light to. But this is something that Rory did in his own time. He didn't do it with a, you know, a, a camera around him. He didn't call a press conference. It was just something little that he chose to do that probably will stick with this kid for the rest of his life. And 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 I just thought that that was really really cool. So to end this in the the sports six pack on a good note. Good job, Roy Malkery, for doing that. So now we're going to jump into what I like to call useless information. And I I am a person that spends a very large amount of time on the internet. So I always come across these these sort of entertaining and and, and funny stories. And so um, obviously today with being on the internet, everybody's talking about Cyber Monday. And I just kind of think that Cyber Monday is a little overrated. It's definitely, uh, Black Friday is definitely overrated. I, I I used to be one of those crazy people that used to wake up at like 3 a.m. in the morning and, and go to the stores to get the sales. But now everybody opens up on, it, it's not, like 3 a.m. was like the crazy time to wake up and to go on on Black Friday. And now there are stores that open up, you know, early on Thursdays, on Thanksgiving, and I'm just not, it, it's not my thing. I, I just, I, 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 and the sales aren't very good to begin with. So that I've, I've sort of just gotten out of the whole Black Friday shopping and um, Cyber Monday shopping. So what I did is that I made my own shopping guide. And I put this up on guysgirl.com earlier today, but I said it's for buying presents that don't suck. So if you have a sports fan in your life, if you have somebody that's a little nerdy or a little geeky in your life, or you have maybe a girlfriend that you have to buy a Secret Santa gift for and you're not sure what to get, I made three different shopping guides for each one of those things. So if you want to go to guysgirl.com, check it out. Um, that will probably save you a lot of time and hassle because you'll find some really cool gifts that won't break the bank. And the best news about it is that you can get them on Amazon. Most of these gifts, you can get them on Amazon. Two-day prime, ship that shit to your house, and then you don't have to worry about going out with all those crazies, with all the people who are trying to get, you know, 20% off a fucking blender. And the, who's going to open up a blender on Christmas and be excited about it? No one. No one. So there's a few gifts um, that are... Actually, it's it's a bunch of gifts on each one of those lists, but a few of them that are my favorite. The Shambong. I don't know if any of you guys have seen this before, but the Shambong is essentially a way to funnel champagne. 
So for a lot of women who love champagne, that is the gift that you have to buy because it's a conversation starter. It's really fun. Um, there, I had some girlfriends and I, we all went to Vegas over Labor Day weekend and we took one with us and it was, it was awesome. It was, it was, it was fun to use. Um, so that's a good conversation starter. So definitely the Shambong was my favorite. There's also, not to, I, I'm going to sound like an alcoholic here, but this is another one that I really liked, but this drinking scarf. So this scarf looks completely normal. It looks like one of those infinity scarves um, that you see a lot of women wearing at football games and stuff. But this one has a secret flask compartment. And the flask is plastic and it holds inside the scarf. And there's a little straw that comes out that you can sip your drink with it. So that was another one of my favorites that I found. And then there's also this thing that's fairly new called a dash button. And it's from Amazon. And if you can't tell, I do a lot of shopping from Amazon. So there's these things called dash buttons now. And specific, they're, they're used, they're, they're tied into specific brands. So like Tide detergent or Charmin toilet paper, or like for me, the one that I ordered, Batiste dry shampoo. I'm a big, big, big dry shampoo user. And I'm sure a lot of women out there are, but it's this little button that's like the size of your finger and it's magnetic. So you can keep it, you know, you you can keep it on the fridge. You can keep it on the washing machine. um, But when you're running low, you hit the button. And a new one is sent to you within two days. So if you have Amazon Prime and this is something that you're, you regularly, if you regularly shop on Amazon, you probably should have Amazon Prime already. You get free two day shipping on almost all their products, which it saves so, so much time and money. Um, when you think about all the shipping costs that you've probably spent on a variety of different websites. Um, but this, that's, this button is tied, it's free. Well, you pay five bucks at first, but after your first order, Amazon credits you the money back. So what do you do is you push the button, it charges your, whatever credit card you have on file. Two days later, the product shows up at your house. So just think how easy it would be that you're at the washing machine and, you see that you're running low on detergent and you just push the button that's right there on the washing machine. And two days later, it's shipped to you directly to your house. You don't have to fight the crazy people at Walmart to go get just simple laundry detergent. So it just that those dash buttons, they, they make them for a variety of products. So definitely check those out. Um, if you want to check it out specifically for the Petite Dry Shampoo, go to guysgirl.com. It's the first story on the homepage. Talks about the shopping guide. Click on that and then it'll all, all the different shopping guides will be right there. And it's a direct link for you to find any of those products. Um, the next up in the useless information, I wanted to talk about Mariah Carey. For a lot of women, Mariah Carey is a saint this time of the year, and she can do no wrong because her Christmas music and her Christmas song, All I Want for Christmas is You, remains the best Christmas song of all time. Anytime you hear it, anytime you play it, if you want to see a bunch of girls go crazy, just hit play on that song around this time of the year, and I guarantee you, instant screaming, oh my god, I love this song, you will hear that immediately. But she's been sort of crucified a little bit today because she posted a picture um, around Thanksgiving that she's in the kitchen and she's holding up a pie and she clearly photoshopped it to make her, her thighs look a little bit skinnier and her arms look a, have a little bit less arm fat, which I don't knock her at all. I think if you want to post a picture and you want to photoshop it, you'd be my guest. Uh, it, it, it's it's your Instagram page. You do whatever you want. But I find it a particularly offensive that it's happening in her best month of the year as far as it being Christmas. So I think that people should lay off of her. 
Let that girl live. It's Thanksgiving. If she wants to look a little skinny in a picture, let her look a little skinny. Who cares? What does it matter to you? Okay. Next up on the list, now after my little Mariah Carey rant is over, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but did you see this Japan skating rink has closed after coming under immense pressure from animal rights activists and animal rights groups from all over the world. What they did is it's a skating rink in Japan, and they took 5,000 fish, all kinds of fish that were already dead, and they put them, they maneuvered them into the ice. So if you've never really understood, like, how ice works as far as, like, a Zamboni and um, getting getting it prepped for um, people to skate on, it, it's quite an intense process. And it's multiple layers of adding ice on, multiple, multiple layers of, of adding ice. And so the fact that they took these dead fish and put them in a way that, like, you know, some of the fish were, were pointing in an arrow. And some of the fish, it was like a, a sea ray. is looks like he's gliding among the ice. And it, they took 5,000 of these fish that they bought from a local fish market that were already dead. They put them into the, They maneuvered them into the ice. And it looked very um, artistic, I guess I could say. Um, but it looked cool. And people could skate on it. Um, I don't know what would happen if somebody did, like, a hard stop and, you know, put, scraped up a bunch of ice if you're, like, you know, chopping into different fishes, and I'm sure that would stink after a little while, but they were forced to close. This ice skating rink in Japan, they were forced to close after debuting this 5,000 fish monstrosity, um, for their skating rink and for the, I guess, for, for the, the viewers to take in. I'm sure it was probably pretty cool for a lot of the people that were able to skate on it for, for the time being. But, yeah, the animal rights groups, they, they shut them down real quick um, for, for doing that. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't see the big deal in it. I thought it was kind of cool looking, but I could see where a lot of people would be a little bit freaked out about it, especially if something were to happen where if somebody starts or stops really fast on the ice and, and cuts into the ice a little bit too deep, uh, that could be a problem because then you're going to have like fish guts all over your ice and that's probably not going to smell very good at all. So jumping into the last few stories before I let you guys go for the night, um, Disney's Moana. That's the new um, princess movie that just came out over the weekend. It won big at the o- box office. Um, Fantastic Beasts was another uh, really good one. Doctor Strange is still holding strong. I think it's made like $600 million worldwide. Um, but Fantastic Beasts, I, I saw it again w- with my family on Thanksgiving. It's sort of a tradition for us to see a movie on like Thanksgiving or Christmas. Um, so I went and saw it again. Loved it again. If you want to hear um, a spoiler-filled review of it, you can go back and check our last show to, to see more about Fantastic Beasts and, and, and what we liked about that. Um, and then also, we have Dallas at the Vikings this Thursday. I think that's going to be a great, great game. And then to all you guys, one last thing before I let you guys go. One last thing is this gray sweatpants challenge that's on Twitter right now. And it, it, for those of you who, who don't know, the relationship between women and their affinity for gray sweatpants. This is supposed to be a beautiful time of year where guys trade in their basketball shorts or their god-awful cargo pants or whatever else they wear, and they start wearing gray sweatpants. And let me just tell you, women like it. They like it a lot. I like it a lot. And 
there's a gray sweatpants challenge that was started on Twitter. And I thought, oh my God, I have hit the jackpot. And then you go and you look and there are people who are not taking the challenge seriously and who, well, maybe they are taking it a little seriously because they're posing with objects that are not, if you, if you don't, I mean, there's a guy like holding a wiener dog inside of his gray sweatpants. Obviously, out you put two and two together. I don't have to spell it out for you. Then there's other people that have like these these giant fans that they're putting in the middle of their pants. And it, that's not what this challenge was meant for. That's like saying we're going to have a yoga pants challenge for the men and then the women just shoving whatever they want in their pants so you can't actually see the goods of what you're trying to see. So maybe the guys could throw women a little bit of a bone here, figuratively, not literally, or maybe that's the other way around. I don't know. But maybe just take it seriously for a minute. That's it. Just throw us something that we can enjoy. We give you yoga pants. We give you tight t-shirts. We give you all of these aesthetically pleasing outfits. We really, women really get one thing, and that is gray sweatpants. Let us have a little bit of life or a little bit of light in our lives and just go with it. Just go with it. Just throw us a bone. That's all I'm asking here. Okay, so that is, that's going to really do it. I know there's a Monday night football game tonight with God who's playing. Um, I think it's the Packers and who else do we have? It's not the Vikings. Um, sorry for even um, thinking about this right now, but I'm just going to go ahead and Google it because I can't think of who is actually playing tonight. I know it's the pa- oh Packers and Eagles. That's who's playing. Thank you, Packers and Eagles. Um, so, yeah, we got Packers and Eagles tonight. We have Dallas at Vikings on Thursday. I have a feeling that the Dallas at Vikings game is going to be really good because both of those teams have had a full week off to prepare. Both those teams played on Thanksgiving, so this is going to be the first matchup that we'll actually see that these teams have had a full week off to prepare, both body-wise and uh, mentality-wise. So that is going to essentially do it for this week's Guys Girl Show. As always, I will post a full blog recap with it with links to all the stories that I talked about in this week's show. That will be posted up on guysgirl.com tomorrow morning. If you want to just hear the straight audio file as soon as it's posted live, then you can check out later on tonight. We usually get that up about midnight tonight. So that will go up. Um, just search on iTunes or your podcast provider of choice. Just search for Guys Girl Shows. You should be able to subscribe to it. You guys are doing a great job with rating it and um, sharing it with your friends because that really, really helps. I don't spend a dime of my money on advertising, so the only way that more people find out about this show is if good people like you maybe tell some other people about it. So hopefully it's entertaining. Hopefully I provide you with a lot of um, good insight. The goal of every show is to be insightful, to be smart, to be funny, so that you can can pull some kind of information away from it, that you can you know go and tell your friends tomorrow morning and say, hey, I heard that on the Guys Girl Show. That's my ultimate goal anyways. Um, So if you ever have any tips or suggestions, please, please, please reach out to me. You can find all of my contact information, all of my social media information. All of that is on guysgirl.com or, or just by simply searching for Guys Girl or Blythe Brum. Um, that's me. I'm Blythe Brum Leave, but I made it simple and easy for you guys on my social media platforms that I won't make you spell out my entire last name. So it's just Blythe Brum 
or at Guys Girl. So anyways, hit any, hit any of those up with your tips and suggestions, maybe even some story ideas. Also like to, to prominently talk about women in sports as well. Um, bring on a lot of women that are, that are in the game right now and like to actually hear their opinion besides, you know, making them toss it up to commercial. So, um, if you know of any women that we should feature, definitely reach out. There's even a contact form up on guysgirl.com right now. Um, and always, so just reach out via there. Um, once again, thanks for tuning in and I will see you guys back here Friday morning, Friday morning. So take care. Hope you had a great holiday weekend and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye. And I'll say goodbye to you guys too. Thanks so much for watching on BitChat. Um, I was just saying bye to the, the Periscope user. So if you're on Twitter, if you like that sort of thing, be sure to hit us up on there at guysgirl. That's where I post all of the Periscope files as well. So if you missed any part of the show, you can probably go back and watch it. Or you can always watch it on BitChat as well. So um, we always donate a lot of uh, 100% of our cash or 100% of any donations um, straight to the, the charity of choice, whichever the, the, the charity is featured for this week for BitChat. Um, love working with those guys. There's a lot of good guys over there. So I hope you guys had a great holiday weekend. We are starting just the very beginning of the craziest month of the year with all the sports that are going on and all the holiday parties and everything else that goes on. But it's a great time to be alive, and I'm just glad that you guys have taken a little bit of time out of your day to spend it with me. Um, I hope you guys have a great night, and take care. We'll see ya.